Hello and welcome to episode 40 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm Sam and he's Peter. Yep. And uh, we're a little bit fancy ep- ep- today. A little bit fancy, just a, just a tad. Yeah. Cheers, Cheers. Sam. Ooh. Oh, I don't think that came across very well. Bump the flagons. Bump the flagons. Yeah, yeah. we're drinking like we're going to get straight into talking about the beer because, you know. It's a really interesting beer. We're drinking this fun, fancy, cool beer that I got from Dan Murphy's that was brewed by uh, Belgian Trappist monks. And, like, we actually have the specific monk's name, I believe. Yeah, so this, like, it's it's a super weird one. It came in, like, a like almost like a scotch bottle. Yeah. And it had, a, like, a proper cork that you'd find on, like, a bottle of champagne and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, it looks very much like... It, it's, it's called uh, Chimay Perez... Trappists, which I think just is like Chimay is the company and then it's brewed by Trappist Monks. And the specific type we're drinking is the Grand Reserve. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, I suppose. Yep. Um, it's a little bit of so a So this one, this one, like all good beers, has a great story on the label, <laughs> which we're, which is fast becoming my favorite segment yeah, of the podcast. And it's our regular thing, yeah. Yeah. So the registered trademark... Trappist certifies that this ale was brewed within the walls of an existing Trappist monastery under the control of the Trappist community. What are Trappist monks? I don't know. We probably should have looked this up. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, A major part of the sales revenue is used by the monks to support charitable works. Okay. The exceptional yeast isolated by Father Theodore combined with the purity of the highly protected water of the Abbey's wells gives Chimay its unique richness. Since 1862, Chimay's secondary fermented ales have neither been pasteurized nor filtered, and only natural ingredients are used. To fully appreciate the strong character of the Chimay Grand Reserve, see Vintage on Cork, uh, served slightly chilled in a wide-mouthed glass. Sick! So I think Trappist monks are just like a, just like a bit of a strict, strictly observant branch of... Catholic monks? Roman Catholic monks? Hmm. I don't know. You feel safe in their hands, I think. I suppose. Father Theodore. Good old... And his crazy fucking... Good old Father Ted. Anyway, let's have a a taste. Yeah. And we're drinking this out of a... uh, Well, I'm drinking this out of my very, very new, very special uh, Leif Erikson mug. If you don't know who Leif Erikson is, he was kind of one of those, like, big Viking... Explorer, uh, explorer dudes. guys one of the first dudes he set off and you know traveled to Ireland and England and places like that and my family recently went to Iceland and purchased me among other things uh this just amazing amazing flagon I guess it's got a it's got a sweet lid it's got leaf on the front it's got it all happening but you might I cannot describe it to you other than you should probably go check out Instagram yeah as always have a look on the Instagram yeah, check out, be like, check out be cool mugs I'm just drinking in like a like a like a metal flagon flagony type business yeah. which is which is cool which is fun it would have but been, you get the you get the cool probably one probably slightly demoralizing next to mine though <laughs> pales what, in comparison what did you think of the beer yeah, it's good. It's nice. It's a strong beer. It's a very strong beer. It's yeah. 9%. So we decided we were, instead of drinking one each, which the like the bottle that we got is equivalent to 5.3 standard drinks. There you go. So instead of drinking one each, we're splitting it between the two of us. So it might be a little while before I can drive home. What's a standard wine glass in terms of, or like a wine bottle, sorry, in terms of standard drinks? Uh, pretty similar, I think. Maybe a little yeah. bit, maybe even a little bit less. I'm not sure. Which is weird. So we should be drinking this like, like wine, right? We shouldn't be drinking this like 4X. We I mean, maybe. Just be sinking it. Maybe. 
I'm not sure. It's definitely a it's definitely a sipping type beer. It's also one it's, of the- it's one of those like heavy sort of beers that is it's like a you have with a meal and like it fills you up. Yes, which is why we're having it with no food. No food on an empty stomach. Yeah. 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 It's the it's the it's the way to go. Yeah. It's the beer this podcast this podcast Bryce. might get a little loose. Who knows? That's <laughs> good because. In, in like sort of setting up and planning for this podcast, we realized that we really, had apart from the homework movie, yeah. had like nothing really to talk about, which is fine. Not really. I, I had a little story from uh, last night where I went out and had some Japanese Okay. with uh, with my girlfriend. Uh, and we went to this like little hole in the wall place. It's really good. I like those kind of places where like, looks like nothing from the outside. You open up, it was like, there was like four tables. You can see the kitchen from your table. You can. Um, but it was really nice inside. Uh, it's run by this authentic, authentic Japanese chef dude who's pretty cool. And everything was super cheap. But I, I also, apart from ordering all the food, I ordered a ramune, which is like a, one of those like Japanese soda bottles where it's like it's like a actual glass bottle with a choked neck. You know, those flo- and those floaty marbles that are like stuck halfway up in the neck. Kind of. One of those things. One of those like, oh, fun Japanese servers. Well, I'll tell you what though. I want, I can't, the kind of lemonade that I want to order is the kind of lemonade where I open it. And you can drink it straight away. And drink it straight away. That, that is it. That's all I want. With this one, it was like a test, like an answer me these riddles three and then you can drink your fucking lemonade because I, I, I got the bottle out and we're sitting next to this family of um, sort of like half Japanese, half like white Australian like group. Yeah. Including this like little 11 year old girl. And like, I could feel her eyes on me this whole time. And like, Liv, she's not helping because like, she's also very clearly puzzled. And I'm trying to act like not puzzled. You know, I'm, trying, I'm trying to like, <laughs> you're trying to do the boyfriend thing you know, of like, like, you get that thing that you don't know. And you're like, you're trying, I'm trying to like open, I'm trying to like, like work out what's going on here. Sort of not yet, nonchalantly. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Ooh, you know, look up. Look up, look at the ceiling, look at the banners, trying to like furiously answer. Oh, is this there problem. anybody else in this restaurant that happens to be having the same problem? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was like it was like a seven step process. So it had like a it had like two caps on it. Like two. And, and then the, the, the top cap, and this this was entirely my fault, this first bit, but the top cap was also covered in one of those like sheets of plastic. Yeah. You know where you like there's like a like a perforated edge, perforated strip. Yeah. Which you peel off. Well that also stumped me <laughs> just because I couldn't see it. And then I, could, I have no fingernails. So uh, I was trying to like pick it off. Couldn't pick it off. Really trying to like work out it, get a bit frustrated. 11 year old girls like still continuing to watch me. So I got Liv to pick the plastic off and then snatched it back from her. Cause I was like, I get the rest. <laughs> it's, 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 it'll be a cakewalk from here. Spoke too soon. Obviously. Yeah. I grabbed it. I was like trying, I was like, a, I was like a, uh, one of those members of a tribe that, you know, completely isolated the Amazon, trying to, like, work out some they, modern like, technology. They, discovered cutlery for the first time. <laughs> yeah, just and... trying to look at it. Um, so then you popped off this, like, uh, this, like, uh, cap that was sort of like the kind of caps that you get on the top of medicine bottles. You know, that you could also use as a, as a little thimble drinking kind of thing. You know, oh, like yeah. cough medicine. Yeah, the one that you need to sort of like, you, it's like got the child lock on top, so you sort of yeah. like push it down and twist to so open I, it. I pulled that off, right? And then re- did, it revealed. Did you break it? it revealed. No, I pulled that off and that was fine. And then it revealed, I was left, left with that and just another cap. <laughs> so, so really, they didn't want you to be yeah, drinking yeah. this and lemonade. This, this little cap had like a lip 
and then like a like a and then we had an open point right yeah with and i was also given a straw which really fucked me up as well so i had the straw and there was like an open rim and then a hole right where like you could stick a straw except the hole was like plugged up by this like sort of hard like i couldn't tell if it was hard but it was like clear sort of substance that was domed so I was trying to wake out what the fuck was going on there and I thought maybe it's like a seal thing you know like I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking like a breaker here right so I like get the straw and like go to stab it into the into the thing turns out this thing is like it's it's quite hard it's like a rock kind of thing so I'm like busily stabbing it furiously <laughs> and I look to my left and then the girl's just <laughs> looking at me <laughs> like an idiot yeah, I went to start that for a while. Um, then I went to read all the instructions on the back. They're like, there must be a way. Then I started to Google it. And eventually, the girl came over. The little 11-year-old. Yeah, and, and just sort of instructed me. First, I asked her if she could explain it to me in like a riddle so that I still had a chance. <laughs> and after that, she just like... She, so she got the lid. And you you poke the lid. And half of it breaks breaks off into like a different section. And you take that section and you use that and it sort of slots into the little, the little straw hole with the, with the domed hard rock thingy. And you push down on that really hard and it opens it up, basically. So it's it's like, one of those things where I, I Googled it later and it's like a, the hard little thing was a marble um, that they put in the bottle and it's, 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 called like a, it's called like a choked nozzle or something like that. It's named after... An English mechanical engineer from 1867 who basically was into developing like soda, like carbonated drinks, but no one really wanted to listen to him. And he had a way of sealing the bottle that, that didn't involve all like this complicated shit that we have to do now. So you put the marble in the choked, in the choked neck of the bottle, the gases from the soda force the marble up into the lid which seals it. And then you have to push down on the marble with enough force to get like a, get like a gap in there, break the seal. And then you're able to drink the thing. But, and, and as cool as that looks, Pete, I assert right now that drinks are meant to be drunk. It should not be a, a puzzle. You shouldn't, you shouldn't only be able to drink lemonade at the restaurant. If you are worthy, <laughs> you should just be able to drink lemonade. Man, that is the weirdest thing. Yeah. Someone, I can't believe should... it had like, it had three separate trials which you had yeah. to complete <laughs> yeah. in order to I was, uh, consume I was, your beverage. I was hoping that, I was like imagining that once I like pushed that marble down, a genie would come out and ask me a riddle. If I got that right, then I could drink it. <laughs> what is your, you have three wishes. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm going to use all three of them to drink my fucking lemonade, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was just one of those times where... And it's kind of it's kind of sad, really. You should just be able to admit defeat. But like, you know, when you're trying to work something out, and you just really you don't want anyone to call attention to it, you don't want anybody to see. You're just kind of like trying to nonchalantly, quietly, politely working out this this thing that other like other people have no trouble with. I I kind of like yeah I do I do get that, but I also kind of have. I'm not quite as worried about looking like a complete fool in front of people that I feel like you are sometimes of like, yeah, I should be able to just open this fucking bottle. Whereas I just be happy to go, nah, someone help me do it for me. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't care. I just want to drink my goddamn lemonade. Yeah. 
I don't think we have anything really here that like I was I was obviously if you don't grow up in in Japan, right, or you've never seen them before, then it can appear like sort of weird, right? But I don't know if there's anything oh, that bet, would go the other way here. I bet no, I bet we do. I don't know. I, feel I bet like we no. I, we I, assume I, a, a, a greater level of idiocy in our general population. I feel like we make things pretty easy to to get at. Yeah, but also I feel like it's a bit hard for us to be able to say what those things would be given that we are... F- it, it's like that thing that's in Japan true. where you just fucking know how to do it because that's just how it is. But don't, don't you think... Whereas like you, you come here to Australia and there'd be other stuff that's, that is weirdly difficult to do for people who haven't just done it their entire life. I think if you stuff win like, like a manimal... Just like... It, it, I feel like maybe for us it'd be less like mechanical things of how to open beverages and more yeah. like just... Stuff that you know from growing up in Australia, like you swim between the flags, you put sunscreen on, you like, especially in like Queensland, you yeah. you like, you don't swim in the afternoon because that's when the sharks come out, and like all these sort of things that you know from being an Australian about life in Australia. That, that's true. That you just kind of foreigners come here and then just get so wrong, and you go, oh, ha, 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 <laughs> look at all those goddamn tourists, aren't they silly? I think. Um, I think. In terms of our foodstuffs, we have a built-in sort of failure point as well. Like, if you if you can't work out how it's meant to be done with an Australian, like, uh, junk food thing, rest assured that if you just go at it like a, like a, like a vicious manimal, <laughs> it'll open up. Like, if you just get, get, your, get your hands out there and just start picking away at a side or something, or you mash it enough, the thing opens. I don't know. What about like tomato sauce bottles or something? Where you just they can, they can like get top. all clogged up and and all like you have a bit of tomato sauce that dries in the top <laughs> and gets all clogged up. That could be like a and then your uncle like grabs it and just like decides you're like gonna squeeze. It's yeah, he he either squeeze or he gives it like a, a good couple of it shoots out taps. in a horizontal sort of direction. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'd if that's something that was intended by Heinz. No, but it's a thing that happens. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just. I'm just no, saying I, I, that, yeah. like, definitely there are, there is that sort of stuff yeah. about life in Australia that we take for granted that I, I was just saying I, I, in other places. There are certain like Japanese candies and stuff that, like, also follow like a trend of like I feel like, I, um, in general, they they seem to want to do more with like their their lollies and their junk food. You know, like like. It's got to be, there's some steps to it, or you've got to like, you got to make it yourself. And I kind of like that. It's just that that one, it was just like a series of locks. <laughs> but I've had, um, I've had Japanese candy where, um, like there's like, you get it and there's like a recipe, like, like, you know, you know, those gummy hamburgers. Yeah. Well, I had one where you were just given a bunch of powders and liquids. And a the, hamburger? Yeah. And the picture was like a gummy hamburger, what? like a yuppie hamburger. Yeah. So like, and there were like a few molds and Cla- stuff. Classic, so you had to mix up the right classic ingredients. Classic Australian candy, the guppy, the yuppie, yuppie, yuppie hamburger, hamburger. Fucking great. Um, yeah, you have to like mix up the ingredients. So like, you you put enough powder with like the certain liquid and get the green going. And I just know that like every Australian kid would like would have like tried that for a couple of seconds and, and then, then just, just put, eaten the powder. Put, 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 <laughs> like yeah, put the entire thing in their mouth all at once. Yeah, just eating the powder, drunk all. <laughs> drunk all the liquids screw it it'll turn into a hamburger in my mouth 
Are you were you a yuppie hamburger man or were you a yuppie pizza man? Oh yeah, back so in, like back that, in the day. In oh, that yuppie could have caused ham- like a blood war. Hamburgers or pizzas? Yeah. Mm. I reckon the pizza was definitely the better one because it was bigger. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah. The pizzas were like 40 cents at my tuck shop and the hamburgers were like 20 cents. I'm definitely a hamburger man myself. You got you got those at your tuck shop? Yeah. In primary school. Oh, that's the best. I had to wait until and, and at the at the footy um, tuck shop at, yeah. at my local rugby club, like it'd be the best on, on game day. You, you go and you play your game and then you get a killer python and a yuppie pizza. A killer python. Yeah. A killer python was always sort of a problem for me because like it was, it was, it was really satisfying. It was like the right, was like the right, I felt like it was the right, right width and it, everything for a lolly snake. Yeah. Except I just didn't like the green bit. So I always had the yellow bit. Ah, uh, there'd always be that point where you'd have to power through a certain section of your yeah. python. Yeah. And the, the worst was when the, like, cause the, the head would always, was like the big bit. Yeah. And it, it was always be different colors and it was always the worst when the head was the color that you yeah. didn't like. Yeah. You just knew it was going to, it was a bad day. Those killer pythons aren't actually that big. No. Like, like I had one for the first time in, in probably like 12 years or 10 years or something. Yeah. Like the other day when I went to the movies and I went and got some lollies because I'm a child. Yeah. Um, and I got a killer python and then they're, they're not that big. But back when you're like a 10 year old, it's like the biggest lolly you've ever seen. Yeah. And I they're hardly, fantastic. I hardly ever eat lollies now. Like they do, they, I, I just don't. I don't even I don't even like chocolate particularly, but uh, when I was a kid, I just I was a huge lolly man. Like all the artificial stuff, all the powders and, and things. Like I didn't the, know like the sherbet straws. Yeah, 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 oh yeah. The, the little cans, the little soda cans that always get stuck at the yeah the opening. Man, um, no, the I was surprised to hear about how long some of these things have been going on for. Like I was talking to Liv's uh, mom about like we had a bit of a lolly powwow because she was a really uh, big into lollies as well and a lot of the things that we ate as kids were like exactly the same like the fads um, i never i never liked them uh yeah it was just like they were just garbage right but like you could just eat they were like you the, could can- eat the candy cigarettes you could eat and eat and eat and eat them but they didn't I particularly taste nah, good no nah, really no nah, I, never, I never really got into them. um but yeah the one that we really bonded over was the the whiz fizz uh, the sherbet ice cream cone, which is oh, just the epitome I never, I never of that got like, them either. decadence, right? Where it's like that, like it had like you had like ice cream cone. The marshmallow was the ice cream on the yeah. top. That was covered in sprinkles, and underneath the you had, marshmallow you had was the, like a the bunch sherbet. of sherbet. Yeah, I love me some whiz fizz. We, whiz fizz are great. We, we talked about like you know, there's some really te- there's some technique involved in eating those the right way, and that involves pulling off the marshmallow, just sort of tentatively pulling out the marshmallow, eating that with like half of the side covered in sherbet. Then you nibble down the top of the cone enough to expose the sherbet cone. Then you sort of like do a little bit of like a, a dog like tentative lick at the sherbet, and then just you get, nibble just down the a cone a little bit more. And then you yeah you do a little bit more. Yeah, that's how you do that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, those been those things have been around for ages. Yeah, and I always think you know with like, that like red, of, red frog frogs and snakes alive and well yeah I think those that stuff's been around for ages but I think. Stuff Strawberries like, and cream. Yeah, stuff like the Whiz cone. I look at that and I think like, oh, that stuff, that's got to be like the epitome of like, what's wrong with kids today kind of lollies, you know, where it's just like, so much colour and sherbet and whoa. But that's been around for as long as like Red Frogs. And, like, yeah, well, Whiz has been, like sherbet has been around for oh, so yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It used to be a lot more sour, the less sugary. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I feel like sh- like the, the your classic whiz fizz has probably been the same for <laughs> oh, for years and years and years. I went to I went to uh, a market and there was this woman who was selling like old school lollies. Mm. No, no preservatives. Like boiled no added colorings. lollies. There were some boiled lollies, and there were also like her versions of some of the other stuff. And they had like a, a dipstick, uh, like fun sticks. Is that what they were called? So shit, Something those like were great. Yeah. Um. And she had her version of that with the sherbet, and it turns out uh, if it's if it ain't got uh, preservatives and chemicals in it, just just not good. Just stick away. (laughs) (laughs) All the chemicals are what gives it the real flavour. The kick. If you're, I mean, if you you're eating sherbet on a on a sugar stick, just throw away the whole idea of it being good for you. Just (laughs) may as well. Yeah, I don't know. I I've, I must admit I've been away from the world of lollies and candy for for a while. Like, like I I I mean chocolate's a different story, but like yeah. lo, like lollies. I and, pray and on the stands. I have a look on the stands, you know, just to see what's new. And honestly, not a lot has changed. Yeah, like I feel like there hasn't been, and, and I suppose it'd be a bit hard to even tell, given that we don't have kids. Like, what the what the, what the latest, hippest, newest yeah. cool cool lollies are. I remember when those those sherbet cans came out. Great, the grape ones and the orange ones. Yeah, fantastic. I want to go out and have one now, and then I'll go. I'll get halfway through it and be like, "Oh, I'm sick, and I regret this." <laughs> yeah, because like I feel the the classic one that I we always got was the the um, uh, natural confectionery company, the dinosaurs. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember those? I do remember those. I didn't eat many of them. Really? I was a I was a chico person. If yeah, I gonna, chico if I was man. Buy a bag of lollies would be uh, chicos. My favorite was always the uh, the purple, like the the ones with the long necks. The yeah, brontosaurus. I don't know. As long as you don't say yeah, yeah, brontosaurus, you're fine. You picked the one. I picked the wrong one. You can't say brontosaurus doesn't exist. Yeah, but I mean, it still exists as lollies and and stuff. The the, the one that was <laughs> Littlefoot from uh, the Land Before Time. Oh, right. That was my favorite one. Little, Littlefoot kind of looks to me like he's a Diplodocus, and then other times he looks kind of like a Brachiosaurus. Diplodocus. That's one. That's the one. The one with the like the long neck that's not like, real is tall. Like, yeah, Diplodocus is like the tall horizontal. One doesn't exist. Yeah. Horizontally long. Yeah. Big long neck, big long whippy tail, but it's all like straight line. Yeah. Brachiosaurus is the one where it's like, uh, very upright. Is that the one that doesn't exist? Which is the one that doesn't exist? No, the one that doesn't exist is uh, Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus, which was a juvenile sauropod of some other, some other type. Yeah, they found it and they just assumed it was a different, a new species. And for whatever reason, Did that you see was that one. there's been a lot of like paleontology type Goofs? stuff. Yeah, well, no stuff, stuff like discovered recently. There's been a bunch of stuff discovered in Australia. Yeah, there was a new. Um, I think there's a there's sort of a new thing discovered in Winton as well. Like yeah, there's a, there's some more stuff discovered in Australia. Yeah, and there was like they've opened like a weird dinosaur museum in like outback. Yeah, I was, outback, a, I was a big dinosaur like Queensland to South Australia or something like that. I've got my Australovenator claw. My father purchased for me when we, when we visited Winton. Oh yeah, we visited the dig site. That's like a uh, Australia's version. It's like a Australia's theropod. So it's like Australia's version of like a Velociraptor. Velociraptors in actual in actuality were like tiny. Yeah. Whereas they were like chicken size, weren't they? Yeah, an Australovenator is basically 
what a velociraptor like what people think a velociraptor looks like same basic size and shape as sort of like the jurassic park yeah velociraptor that's what we had that's our that's our sort of like theropod our australian looking thing yeah Mm. cool Anyway, anyway, it was a big deal. Oh uh, yeah, just sugary, yeah, sugary track. treats and dinosaurs. Go track often and always. Yeah, uh, homework movie. Yeah, fuck homework movie. Just so to, just to change so the tone for, for a those bit. for those who didn't listen to the episode last week, uh, our homework movie is uh, the Homesman. Yeah, which was a uh, western directed by Tommy Lee Jones and partially written by Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, uh, based off a novel. Um, and it's been referred to as a bit of a feminist western. So, sort of the right. the focus of the story is um, a bunch of female characters, and then also Tommy Lee Jones is in it as well. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I think this was just a really good movie, and, and it was and it, it was certainly a really good western. I don't know if I was think calling it a feminist western is accurate, hmm. but I feel like it's a mistake just because. Um, just because of like the connotations that that word has now, um, like it, it's not a movie. It, it's definitely not a movie that's trying to make a political point now about us now. No, it's, it's, it's not- just it's just like a different idea, right? Like when you have a movie and you have an established genre like a western, you think, "How can I change this?" And you and you do it from someone else's perspective. Yeah. Um. So, do you want to just explain the the plot? Yeah. So. I picked The Homesman because it was on my list of movies to watch because I love Westerns for a while. And then I ended up like actually watching it and it was not exactly what I was expecting. It was so unbelievably bleak. It was easily the bleakest movie I've ever, ever, ever seen. Really? Yes. I I don't think it's the there bleakest was just, movie it's, I've ever seen. There's downs in this movie and there's, there's precious little ups. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's really, it's, 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 um, it's, it's very, it's, it's a not, very hopeless movie. It's very not, very much not your, uh, yeah. Magnificent Seven. Yes. Like. But that's a, that's a big Western, that's, that's a big part of Westerns. Um, like, uh, yeah, there's, so there's the whole, like, cowboys shooting each other, but real Westerns have to have that hopeless element. You know, like, uh, what's a, a good, a good Western that was like reasonably modern would be that, you know, Jeff Bridges' True Grit, which was really, did a really good job of capturing that sort of like feeling of it being kind of like, it's like a bleak, brown, desolate kind of life, kind of existence. Um, and I think this movie, this movie just took that and ran, you know, like some, some Westerns, because it's from a real time in history, you know, some Westerns choose to try and reflect like um the lifestyle you know like i'll be watching some i've, I've seen some westerns i've looked at them and like oh how cool is that like their guns or their carts or just the way that that woman's washing up or cooking or whatever that's so accurate that's it, really it, cool it, it like really and i feel like a lot of westerns sort of romanticize that time in american history as it's well. been it's been a, it's whereas been a, this movie does the complete opposite yeah where it is a bleak cold hard look of what life would have actually yeah actually like the, the things and the concerns that people had in this time and that just the things that like the, the harrowing shit that they had to deal and with how harsh people and were. and really sort of drove home the idea that like 
one of the things that we like to do in the modern day is look back on previous history and go, oh, how cool is that? How cool would it be to go, I, go live in like Viking times? That's what my live in like peeves of people. The ancient Roman times. When and they, the answer is actually like no, fucking no. Yeah. That would suck. Like just the day-to-day living was just so much worse you know back then. people who say I was born at the wrong time or whatever? No, fuck that. You were born exactly... Unless you're talking about the future, which going on this trend is probably, you know, life... Uh, your your lifestyle's better. You are wrong. It's better to be here in the yes, present. Yes, human exists. Like I, certainly, as a kid, I thought about how cool it would be to go and live in medieval times. Yeah. But but now in my life, current yeah. nowadays, until you got how sick I am, like something that's totally curable. And and he died at twenty years old. Yeah, with your four children and like yeah, sixteen year old until wife. until like, your wife had to ha- had to give birth. Yeah. Right until like everybody had parasites, <laughs> yep. until the Lo- church controlled everything. Yeah, until life, you were until you were executed sucked. by having a hot poker shoved up your asshole. Yeah, you know, or, like, or, you're, or you're a woman and you were executed or you're a woman. for for full stop. Or you're Any a woman, full stop. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you definitely don't. Life fucking in, sucked, ladies. You but, don't want to live in any other time other than right since now. the since the start of. Human existence life has sucked for people up until kind of maybe the last 100 years. Well, has life has sucked for people okay. less and less, yes. I think, is, is more the right thing to say. On the whole, you know, obviously life sucks for a lot of people now. But I think it sucks for sort of like statistically slightly less. <laughs> than it it sucks for different reasons. Than it did then, yeah. And um, and But this movie, this movie captures like... Not necessarily like a, more manageable reasons, but it sucks for different reasons. Yeah, this movie does a really good job of capturing how it actually feel i think that's what it, that's what it tries to do like not 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 what it was like in terms of your lifestyle your day-to-day routine or anything like that but just how it would how you feel in yourself like what your outlook on life would be because as you watch this movie like the hope drains from you out from like how you think this movie's going to end like by the by the time i got halfway through to two-thirds of the way through this movie i had no hope for any of these characters, like <laughs> no positive expectation. Yeah. Um, and then it gets even worse, <laughs> you know. Like, um, yeah. And, and when I so I watched this, and then I and then I thought, like, I had to. We had to. We haven't. We haven't actually gotten into. But yeah, yeah. So just yet. So, so the Homesman follows um, the story of uh, Mary B. Cuddy, who's a single woman in her forties. Who has that? She I don't like, even she, know if she's that old. She does. She, she says that. Okay. She she has a property, um, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, she's really living the Western rancher lifestyle. Yeah, she's like out in the Western. She's Western in the frontier. frontier. She's in the frontier. Yeah. Um, and uh, in a small community, there are three women who have each suffered. Um, something that's Ter- terrible, something terrible, terrible, and it been. I think that the, the the blurb on the movie is broken by the frontier, and then everyone else in the actual movie says that they're just gone crazy. Yeah, and no one really has any time for them. You know, like, um, or well, it was one of those common sort of things where people would go out and try and make a life out on the frontier, but it would just mentally would just be too big a thing and yeah. destroy people. And, yeah. and I that's think for what- women, especially. You know, at that time, being viewed differently is more of like uh, homekeepers and ho- home, yeah, homekeepers and objects, and 
you know, when, when your when your homekeeper object <laughs> breaks down, like or or has has an issue like that, goes has like a mental problem, stops speaking or something like that, like you just send them away. Um, and yeah, they, no they one just got sent back to their families in like the yeah, of, like their mother's family or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, Mary B. Cuddy um, volunteers to take these three women to a um, church. Yeah, that deals with that kind of thing. Back in civilization. In like Iowa or something. Yeah, which is like a week's ride, two weeks ride, something like that. And uh, it's it's her story of her trying to make the journey. Um, and there there it's really her story. Yeah. Mary Bicardi played by Hilary Swank, she does a really, really good job, I think. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones is sort of picked up on the way. Yeah. As this So so there's like their their small little community and they the decision amongst the, the community sort of leaders, I suppose, which is basically just Just the minister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they decide that they're gonna send these women back to their families, um, who are who are all like young, have had tragedy, lost children. Yeah, you or find out whatever. a little bit more about them. And, yeah. I, and I feel like only the real sad thing is the two of them, like they've all had all had unspeakable shit happen to them. Um, which you see at the start, uh, the two of them, everybody knows about the third one, um, is, I think like the most, the one who's had the craziest life, um, which one, the German one, oh, yeah. no one really knows actually what's going on with her at all. Well, it's like her mum died. Well, her mum dies and that's what they all attributed to, but really she's been having a crazy, crazy time. Yeah before that and then her mum dying is just the only person that she had to deal with this with is gone yeah um it's and, all pretty and, depressing and so yeah so the the community decides that they need to send these women um back to civilization basically yeah um but the the men the these people's husbands are just not able to well they they have no inclination to actually complete yeah, once, the journey themselves. One's like a Manson-like monster. One's just like a real hard-ass, like, none... I feel like he's just been affected by it as well. You know, the second guy who's... So his wife's lost all those children. Yeah. He... He... They just describe him as like a hard bastard. But to be well, perfect... No, which, no, no, the one that loses all the children is the really young one whose husband Oh, is, sorry, no, but the other one also loses a child, right? Or something. She, or, like, they lose their crop and all their livestock yeah. to just exposure right. yeah. and, and the weather and stuff, and um, she kills her baby. Yes. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then She kills her baby by... That, that's one of those things about this movie is, like, all the scenes in this movie that in other films would be alluded to are shown in their entirety. Yeah. Which is something I really know. Shown, shown in a really, like, sort of realistic, no hold bar. Oh, sort of, yeah. Like... Absolutely. D- very uh, upsetting sort it's of It's to way. the point where I would say that I would encourage people, if you if, if you have... If you struggle with anything like that, any, anything to do with self-harm uh, or really, oh, there, deep, or really one... deep depression, I would say, like... That's a no. Don't watch the movie. I think it's yeah, probably one of those things one... that would really 
you know, when you talk about being triggered, would really trigger something, I think, watching those scenes. There's one, like, self-harm scene that I, I like, I, I turned away. I couldn't watch. It was so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so distressing. And it goes on. It goes on yeah. and on until, the, until it's all over. It's just, like, unflinchingly... Yeah. Just... It's pretty crazy no, shit. No. Yeah. But um, the, uh, the, one that, the other one is her throwing her baby down the... Yeah, that's... Down the, down the um, like, outhouse. Yeah. That's fucked as well. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. But yeah, she, her husband's just, um, the one who throws has no care. Like the one who throws the baby down the toilet. He's not like actively evil. He just seems like it, it's just like he, he has other stuff. Uh, he's I just harsh. Know. He's just a harsh sort of dude. Yeah, and then uh, the other one's just really young and doesn't know what to deal with it, how to deal with it at all. His his he, his wife played lost, by like, played by Jesse Plemons. Yeah, his, his wife, wife lost loses all her babies. Like, yeah. In one foul swoop. Yeah. And he's like 21 and his wife's 19 or something. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Seems like. But yeah. And then she's just shut down completely. Yeah. She just like doesn't speak, doesn't do anything. Yeah. So there's these three women and they're going to send them back to back to civilization and nobody volunteers. So... Cardi volunteers. Cardi volunteers. Um, yeah. And so they, they give her the, the cart and the women and a bunch of supplies and they... Send her off. Which is terrifying and, when you really consider how... These women are, like, really badly messed up. Yeah. Like, they have to be told to or forced to go to the bathroom. One of them, the German one, has to be chained up because she'll try and kill you. Yeah. Because she says, gobble smite, strike you down. And that's the only thing that she she's able to say. Like... Yeah, yeah. like, none, none I wouldn't of them like really talk. They're all just, like... that. Clearly have like, yeah, and the young one doesn't say anything. She just has a doll that she, she's caring for. Yeah, um, and and sort of uh, like along the way, she before they even leave, she picks up Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, who has is like complete piece of shit, and he's taken over some guys. <laughs> His uh, accent is claim. great, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. It's like really high pitched. It's a it's a different voice. Then I've heard Tom Lee Jones, like, used before. It's yeah. like, really high, kind of weird. <laughs> Don't kill me. <laughs> yeah, that conversation. Hit me in the head. Hit me in the head. Yeah, so Tommy, like, how Tommy Lee Jones comes into it is he's been sort of run out of town by the by the, the men of the community because he tried to take over someone's yeah, he thought it was abandoned because he thought it was abandoned yeah. and they like explode him and then uh, leave yeah. him with a noose around his neck and on a, a horse, horse classic. on a horse classic sort of thing and, and Mary B. Caddy comes along and rescues um, him and rescues him and like yeah. sort of in exchange he's gonna yeah help her on this journey and it's like the darker side uh, their relationship is like the darker side of true grit right the darker, like, shadow world of True Grit, where, you know, in True Grit, I know, obviously, obviously, Cuddy isn't a child, but they have the same, like, uh, they're the sort of same person, right? Like, oh, both, I, the, both I, Mary almost... and Cuddy and the, and, the, and the girl in True Grit are really strong-willed, you know, Principled. I'm a capable woman kind of thing. Yeah. Princi- but, very but principled. Also, but also somewhat naive in that they don't actually have the yeah. the experience of being out in this world yeah. by themselves. And like, Tommy Lee Jones. Although they've lived on the frontier, and, and that in and of itself is an incredible sort of thing, they don't have the 
Tommy Lee Jones experience of being that out like and dealing with bandits and other men yeah. and um and uh, Indians American and, Indians yeah, and stuff like that. And Tommy Lee Jones is, is definitely like that Jeff Bridges character. Except in True Grit it's the story of them actually bonding and at the end you you know, you know that although Jeff Bridges says he doesn't care and you know he's a bit harsh and rough around the edges, he helps her out in the end. Um and in this movie, it's the more realistic... Like, Tommy Lee Jones is much more of the actual... Like, he really doesn't care. Yeah. And you know, he, like, he, he has tiniest, he tiniest bit. bit of caring about, like, cutting at the end, but it's... But really, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah, and it, it's... And, and it all adds up to the bleakness of this movie. Yeah. And I actually don't want to... Uh, I do want to talk to you about it, so I will spoil it. Like, yeah, this okay. Is so, so sort point. of from this point on, like, yeah. the stuff we've said up until now, uh, you could happily watch the movie and, and not... Absolutely. And get as yeah. much out of it. You really need to watch... If you haven't watched the movie, um, don't listen to this this portion. Skip ahead to the timestamp next part, because, like, there's some stuff that you, like, you should... That is part of watching the movie, like, that experience that you just need to have no idea... That it's coming. It's a yeah. real sucker punch kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So the bit we're going to talk about is when she just she kills herself. Kills herself. Yeah. Holy shit. That was like absolutely the low point in a. It was the trough in a series of <laughs> increasingly deeper troughs. It was. Yeah. It was great. Like that. It got really to like the root of her whole. Her whole deal, which was like about. She's this incredibly capable, smart, like... she's. So, what he says, he mirrors almost exactly what that guy says at the start of the movie, right? He says, you're plain? Yeah. Which I just think means... You're just not, not attractive. attractive. And bossy? Which just means that you... Um, that you're like, not completely subservient yes. like most other women. <laughs> yes. Which um, is... Yeah. yeah. And, like, that seems to be something that... The, you know, the way that he says that to her the same way the other guy, it makes me feel like that's something that's been said to her many, 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 many times. Yeah. And she's just proposing to anybody now. Um, and for her, there's... Yeah. I think that... I, it's yeah, hard like to tell. She, she's at the point where she, like, proposes marriage, but... Yeah, it's hard to tell with yeah. her... Like, with this... Like, obviously, you don't get a whole lot of, like, really explicit stuff about, like, what she's thinking or anything like that. So you have to infer, but like, I don't know, there's a few stuff, there's got to be some stuff going on. There's got to be some stuff going on with her, you know, when she has that weird, weird sex with Tommy Lee Jones, which is, you know, I think part of that is that you you have to, you get married and then you have sex with someone. Yeah. So. Yeah. She, wants, very to do, much she so. wants to do that before she dies, I would imagine. Yeah. Before it's just all too late. And she's already past the point where most people get married. Well past the point. Yeah. So. How else is she gonna experience that? And that obviously probably led to the whole thing of like, oh god, like how pathetic am I? Kind of stuff. And she but yeah, fucking she kills fucking us. kills herself. And then Tommy Lee Jones just leaves them there. <laughs> Which of course he does. I was expecting Yeah. Like, uh, I like I wasn't expecting him at all at that point to do anything. I don't know. The real movie sort of thing would be would have been for him to like continue on with the mission. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's But didn't she I know really... at that point that, that was not what was gonna happen? I don't know. I kind of almost sort of naively hoped that that would be what happened. Yeah. Nah. And although it is eventually what happens, like, 
Because he's not an absolute monster, and when they actually show signs of following, like yeah, that was kind of when I expected the, the movie to be completely over. Like I, I yeah. like she kills herself, he leaves, and he, and he rides off, and I thought that was going to be like roll credits, and I would have yeah. just been like, "Fuck, holy shit. holy shit!" But I think it's important that it goes on. I like we were talking about this off off air, but. Um, I think the reason that it goes on afterwards is is like part of the idea that they that you don't get to see many westerns from the woman's perspective, and um, if you had a western, if this movie was a western starring Tommy Lee Jones, you know, right, right, like we started off with him mm. somehow, you know, doing something kind of like kind of like uh, Chris Prattish, you know, and getting blown up and stuff like that. Um. Cuddy would have hung herself and it would have been if That would have been like the motivation that he needs to complete the mission. Yeah, but it would have just, like, life would have gone on. And instead we saw it from Cuddy's point of view. So when that happened, we're like, oh my God, like, holy shit, this should be she, a bigger she, deal. And then it wasn't. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that was the point. You know, like, mm. that it wasn't a big deal because it wasn't then. It was, like, you know, like, women were just overlooked like that. Passed off like that. So, I think it was important that it kept going. Having said that, after she hung herself, I did sort of get a little fatigued with the movie. Like, I wanted it to kind of just be over. Because I knew that... It did wrap up pretty quickly after It did that, wrap yeah. up, yeah. Now, an interesting sort of thing I will point out is, you know the, like, the hotel worker that Tommy Lee Jones proposes to? Yes. She's the girl from True Grit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, like, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Then, and, and then he proposed. The, like, I liked that he proposed to her just so she would say no. Um, just as a weird sort of like recreating. Yeah. So sort of the movie, the movie ends with Tommy Lee Jones. He finishes the mission. He delivers these women to Meryl Streep, who's definitely not going to be able to handle them. Or help no, them. no. Um, although it kind of it's weird that like that they seem so unmanageable in the first part of the movie and then they're just kind of fine but but they're going to be that's only because of him like that that they know him you know when they follow him into the water and stuff yeah once he leaves they're just going to go right back i think with this like naive Meryl Streep character lady trying to care for them yeah no way yeah weird um, so yeah, and then like the final scene is Tommy Lee Jones. He like gets his reward money and stuff. And he he fucking spends it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, he spends it all really quickly. Like nothing. He he also discovers that the bank has gone bust. Yep. So there's so, no, there's so no he money. actually has no money. Yeah. Which is which is like, which is fucking because because you know when she when you know when she pretends to mail that yeah. It's like one of the... That's another thing that would happen in a lot of, like, other more naive Western movies, right? You know, like, she, like... Oh, it turns out she had it all the time. And he finds it on her and he's like... Arr. And not only is it worthless, but even if it was worth something, Tommy Lee Jones would have just spent it all at that gambling table, like... Yeah, like, like so, so he buys some nice clothes, gets, like, stuff for his horse or whatever. Yeah. Proposes to this girl, gets rejected. Yeah. Kind of rejected. He does it... He does it sort of... And, and then he just sort of goes... Goes back, yeah. Like, he does across on of... the on the boat, and he like he he does this kind of grand gesture of he he has a uh, headstone made, yep, which yep. he carries around with him in his drunken stupor. Oh, that he, he that goes was a good across, ending. he goes across, that and then the ending. the headstone just gets kind of 
kicked off the boat and forgotten. Accidentally kicked off the boat into yeah. the water. Oh man, that was yeah. And he's too drunk to realize, and that and the movie kind of just ends. Yeah, because I like that. And the, the other thing he did with that girl before he proposed to her was give her some shoes hmm. and say, "Don't go out into the frontier." Yeah. Um, which is really the message of this movie that don't <laughs> well, go out to, onto the frontier. Yeah. Well, he, what I think what he was trying to do there is, um, make the world have like you know a lot of people have this idea, a lot of dying people have this idea that they want the world to have been different because they were in it. Hmm. And him telling that girl that, you know, and she says, why would I listen to it? Just because Mary Bucati would have, won't exist otherwise. And I think that was his claim trying to like make her have some impact on the world because she has none. Yeah. Headstones kicked off. Everyone's forgotten about her. Probably everyone back home sort of like, eh, forgotten about Mary Bucati as well. She never come back. Someone else would take over her claim, and yep. and that's just that. Yep. So, I think that was him just trying to like have some mark, have her, have her have done something. I also wondered how many women had committed suicide, and people had said they'd been taken by fever. Just as a side note. Hmm. But I don't know. I felt this was a really good Certainly, movie. This was a really well made movie. Yeah, for sure. I, I think. In that sense, it was I think really good. Perhaps it doesn't hit all the marks that it tries to hit in a hundred percent effective way. No, but um, but I think overall it is a it is a good movie. Definitely. That I don't think everybody should see because it's depressing as all hell. I definitely but, can think of at least six or seven people that I know wouldn't be able to handle the scenes in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. But I, I think it's I think it's a it's a good movie worth watching. Yeah. Um. That's pretty much bloody the, the scene where she gets lost. Oh, that, that yeah. was just like he just leaves her there. That was just like oh, holy shit! So I bet died. this. I bet this thing happened. This kind of thing happened all, all the, the goddamn time. time. Of just like you just get separated from your party, and then that's that's that. Yeah. That's that's your life. You just, you just get you're just stuck in the desert. You try to eat grass and you die. Yeah, fuck. I think that's maybe the whole like poster, the tagline for this movie, right? Is like, like you I eat, bet, I you bet eat this grass. shit. No, I bet this shit happened all the time. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think we'll move on now. We'll move on. It's a completely change. Good. Pace. I feel like we need to tell me something. <laughs> tell me something. I'm going really to talk, talk very briefly about. I watched the new Louis C.K. Uh, comedy special on uh, Netflix good, 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 good. called 2017. Yeah, uh, which is which is pretty funny. I mean, like, have you watched much of Louis C.K.'s stand up before? I have. I'm a really yeah. I've watched a lot of Louis C.K. stand up. He's a he's a funny dude. It's the kind of stuff where I think it's definitely you need to like have it in small chunks though. Yeah, it's definitely the sort of like self deprecating. Yeah, it can get a bit depressing, depressing kind think, of yeah. kind of humor. Um, and it sort of made me want to talk about on the podcast because I don't think I have actually talked about, and if I have actually talked about it, I haven't talked about it in a while. Yeah. Uh, Louis C.K.'s TV show that he did, um, yeah, which Louis. I think had four seasons called Louis, um, which is just very incredibly well made and very well written, written and directed. Uh, the first three seasons are entirely written and directed by him. And then I think the fourth season he does, he just did the writing and... He co-wrote some of the episodes, and I don't think he did all the directing. Right. Um, he obviously started. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the the for those who don't know the show, the sort of conceit is that it's basically a fictionalized version of Louis C.K.'s life, and sort of throughout the episode, it'll be these sort of like slice of life things of oh, Louis C.K. goes to the shops and buys a coffee yeah. grinder because almost he, a Mr. Bean type setup. Yeah. Um. And he has weird interactions with the, like, hipster um, <laughs> coffee machine salesman. Yeah. Um, so, I've, I've and, heard a story. And, and, and sort of throughout the episode, I interspersed, like, there's intercut bits of uh, his sort of stand-up that's been recorded live. Yeah. From his stand-up at whatever his sort of local comedy club is. Um, uh, that sort of have to do with the themes of the episode. And... I, and it has won a bunch of Emmy Awards, and it is absolutely one of the best TV shows ever made, I think, because it's just incredibly well written and tells such an incredible story. Yeah. Um, they have some great episodes. Like, I think my favorite episode, uh, every episode for the first two and a bit seasons, at least, seems to be, it is all standalone. Yeah. There's maybe one or two episodes which are interconnected in the first two seasons. I think there's one two-episode sort of arc. And then in like the third and fourth seasons, he starts to experiment a bit more with these long um, sort of extended story okay. type things. Um, but yeah, there's there's this one in, in like the, I think it, in the third or fourth season that's like about four episodes long, which is just incredible. Um, uh I think, but I think my favorite episode is this one, which I think is called Duck or something like that, uh, which is about when Louis C.K. goes on the road, uh, he goes and does the whole comedians performing for soldiers in Iraq thing. Yeah. And so when he gets on the plane to go over to, to Iraq, um, like it, sort of in the bit beforehand, his daughters have to take care of the the. Like the preschool duckling, yeah, um, and it gets it, it's in his suitcase, and so the shenanigans happens, like like he get he get he's, he's stuck in his suitcase and he kind of kind of gets over there and just and discovers this thing and shenanigans happens yep. and like it it it's like one of these sort of stories about the war that it I don't know it's just it kind of like deals with. Has the themes of like all, all these soldiers and then the the um, Iraqi people and I don't know. It's just incredibly well done. I can't remember yeah. the name of the episode, but it's the one with the duck in the war zone. Louis um, C.K. stuff is is. I feel like there's a few ways that comedians make um make people laugh. Like a few reasons why they're funny. You can be out there and loud and like eccentric, um, which I don't find that good. Like Chris Rock or something like that. You can be, um, you, you can really, you can be really um, aggressive or like condescending or sour and 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 really like complain about the world, like and that can be really funny. That that's which like, Louis C.K. does a lot of sort of, but I'd say that's more like a Dylan Moran kind of thing. Yeah, right. Where you that you sort of everyone's in on the fact that okay. He maybe doesn't hate life as much as he appears to, but it's really funny hearing him. You know, hate about it, hate it. And then Louis C.K., I feel like, is the other one where it's funny because it's just really... You know, like, that really shitty thing that people say, but it's funny because it's true? It, it's like I the think, observational humor. I think that's... Yeah, like... 
And those guys can be really interesting to, to go to a show and watch because it can be really funny. And then there can be these moments of like really of like transcended truth in like, <laughs> in like the, in like the midst of it all where they just hit on something that is like, so really honest. Like that is how you think, you know, like, and, 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 and I think the thing, the moments, so the moments of transcendent truth, and that is such a good way of describing it. Yeah. Transcendent such a wanky truth, way of describing <laughs> Such a wanky, but such a poignant way of describing yeah. what Louis C.K.'s TV show called Louis does yeah. so well is those moments of like, of, of like human connection and human emotion and like, this is what life is all about yeah. type stuff. Because that, I think a lot of movies, you know, you watch, we watch movies and stuff all the time and all those things are epic life-changing shit right like a lot someone of the achieving time. a lot something. of the time not not always not all but, the time, but, yeah. but i think a lot of the good movies that we watch time. aren't like that those are the yeah. exceptions but like, that, that that's what kind of the movies that stand out are the ones that are not just about because that's the what the world changing that's what our lives are you know we yeah. talked about um, that, for me especially that is the the kind of movies that i enjoy the most is yeah. the like more small-scale stories of of not yeah. earth-shattering proportions and that's because you know we talked about the differences between life you know a few hundred years ago or whatever and life now mm. and i think one of the bigger ones is like it isn't a shit anymore and so we have all we have built up all these comforts and the kind of i think it's impossible for humans to be happy all the time right like yeah. we have the same feelings and the same roller coaster of shit going on but now that our lives are so insulated it's sort of like sad what our roller coasters are yeah, sometimes and, and, you're and like I oh man i i really like, i was embarrassed this i was struggle i tried to open this goddamn carbonated <laughs> beverage and that's the high point of your week yeah you know like and and so movies that actually just have that that they, they really they, they tend to really affect people because that's actually closer to our lives yeah and, and i think like uh, sort of backtracking a bit on my point about a lot of movies these days being about the most like the life shattering earth earth like rending events it's it's not so much that movies are about that but it's like the the story that is being told is the most ignore uh, significant um event which happens in that character's life right whereas the movies that tend to be a bit more interesting although they might tell a bit uh, like a like a quite significant weird yeah noteworthy thing to happen it's not necessarily the the it's not necessarily oh, this person has to go off and complete this this quest, quest <laughs> yeah. type thing like which is sometimes fun because again our lives are kind of boring and de- life and death situations don't come up that much and sometimes you just want an escape where yeah where that happens but yeah i don't know that louis ck stuff's really like that i think that's probably why you can't watch too much of it because when he does get into would, like a depressing would... thing it's really kind of like you're thinking, oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I felt like that. I feel like his show is not so is not like all. De- it's not all depressing. Like it's there, his there stand-up are some shows. No no no, 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 no. But his his like TV show. Uh, like okay. I I feel like it's a hundred percent binge worthy. Yeah. Of you can just kind of get through it all, and it's it it. There are all these great stories, and it, it's entertaining and enthralling enough yeah. to to get you through, despite the um sometimes somewhat cynical nature of the of. Yeah. his comedy you know what i mean like i do i do i know i know what you mean i know what you mean actually c- certainly you're not gonna get all that much out of like it's it's tough to watch like six hours of, of louis ck's stand-up oh yeah show's not really like oh that. yeah well i i definitely should give it a shot because louis ck is one of the comedians that i think is just really good really up there it's like a giant yeah 
So yeah, I might I might check that out. This has been on my mind for a while uh, because yeah, oh ever, since, ever since Here we've we had go. homework movies, but um, you need to watch this movie, like Peter, you, and also you, the listener, if you want to get into that. Uh, you need to watch this movie called Jeff Who Lives at Home. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, it's not on Netflix, is it? Which isn't on Netflix, so we can't put it as a homework movie. Yeah. But um, for all you guys out there, it's sort of a secondary, if you can try and get it somehow, watch it somehow, homework movie. Uh, I feel like Jeffy Lives at Home is one of those movies. It does not. It, it it is one of those movies that does absolutely just take place in someone's regular boring life. Um, and I found it really powerful because because of that. And and I think you would find it even better because usually Peter puts me onto those kind of movies. Like you put me under Frank or whatever, and they're usually movies that you say like, "Oh, you got to watch because it's really." This is really good for me. So you should watch that movie. It is one, one of those good ones. It's one of the only ones that I stumbled on and actually watched. Man, Frank is such a great movie. Yeah. Definitely in that vein. So you should check that out. Yeah. No, I, yeah. yeah. We, we have, in fact, mentioned this on the podcast before. Yeah. Like multiple times. But since we were talking about it. And I've never it, gotten around to it. So yes. You I'll, should check that out. Oh, 100%. But in terms of like this. actual homework movies, what are we, what are we doing ne- this week? So this week for homework movie was going to be... <laughs> Peter's forgotten. I have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember the, the two that we're going to do after like that. the next few weeks, but yeah. I can't remember the one that... Oh, no, we're going to watch Easy Rider. Yes. yes. There we go. My moment of redemption. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to watch the movie Easy a Rider. A bit of a different... Like a change of tact for us. It's yeah. an older movie. It's... Um, 69 or something Kind like of a that. classic. Uh, yeah, 1967, I think. I think it was 69. 69? Maybe, yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's, like, it's like Jack Nicholson as a young leading man. Yeah, so that should be should be interesting and yeah. cool. One yeah. of the classics, we, we honestly, which neither of us really know anything about. Yeah, we about, give you a so. spiel, but I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so I think that like that's that'll be the homework movie. I yeah. think maybe that sort of wraps us up this week. Yeah, it's been a little bit it's been a little bit weird. So bear, um, we'll, we'll have more to talk about next week. I feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll, I've got I started playing the new Mass Effect game. Yep. I started watching Thirteen Reasons Why, which has become a bit of a which is something that I will have more to say about once I've actually watched the whole series and is been talked about a lot. Yeah. At the moment, um, and there are there are there is a a good discussion that like there is a discussion to have about that TV show. I watched the um, uh, uh, Archer season where yeah, I watched that as well. Private Detectives. So. Oh, I've not watched that one. I've watched oh, the yeah. one that's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but we we'll have more stuff to talk about next week. Um, as always. Like us on Facebook, yep. facebook.com slash review with Sam and Peter. For my own pride, you should check out Instagram this week because yep. it has my, my sick Leif Erickson mug. Yep. Uh, I think it's just AB with SP on Instagram. Yep. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, search a beer with Sam and Peter, and we're on iTunes, also search a beer with Sam and Peter. We're everywhere. You can't avoid us. Yep. It's inevitable. We're coming out of the walls. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Eyes. Yeah, out of the walls and into, into your, your hearts. hearts. <laughs> <laughs> a beer with Sam and Peter coming out of the walls and into your hearts. Yep. And it's not creepy in any way, we swear. Yeah. We'll see you next um, week. But yeah. Peter's getting a phone call. I'm getting a phone he call. He has to go. The podcast is over. Goodbye. Hello? Hello?